Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. We forgot what we were going to say, so we had to go to the crickets. <laughs> so welcome. This is uh, podcast number 19. It's crazy. Yes. Crazy it's, that no, I have no, had to sit here with you for so many echoes. No, it's not crazy. It's kratom. Kratom me. Kratom. 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 So we're talking about kratom, kratom, however you want to say it. Most of our patients say kratom, so that's what we're going to go with today. Yeah, kratom is one of those things that uh, we stumbled upon. Yes. And uh, had not really dealt with. And I think a lot of people in the bigger metro areas had run into it, but out rurally we had not until Dr. Heather got a phone call. Yeah, I got a, a message saying that, hey, I have this patient from a different provider saying she just said she had started this herbal thing for some back pain. And every time she tries to stop, she gets sick. And I said, well, what does the sickness look like? And she described basically opioid withdrawal to me. And she told me about Kratom. So quickly I pretended I knew what I was talking about, then got informed. But Well, you do that a lot. <laughs> hey, whatever. No, so Kratom is, yeah, like Kurt just mentioned, it's a thing. And it's, I don't know. So this said patient, I, I eventually did, you know, she is one of my patients. And she actually brought in her bottle for me. And... I still have it because people ask about it. I'm like, well, this is what it looks like. Because you can still get it at gas stations or head shops or wherever um, legally. Yeah, it's harder yeah. to order in from Amazon now. Yeah, and we'll talk about this a little later. I just uh, picked up another patient from that, was, that had switched from heroin to Kratom. Uh, but I believe I have three patients who previously had a Kratom disorder. I think disorder. I have three as well. Yeah. So it's it's relatively common. It's relatively common and... Um, I think a lot of people, I don't know if I'm going way off script here, but I think a lot of people use Kratom. I don't know if we have this in here, but a lot of people that end up in our program who are now on buprenorphine or Suboxone, and you kind of just alluded to it with your patient, is they were using a different opioid and were told or were recommended or read it, Googled, that Kratom could help them get off of heroin. Oh, you know, rather than, so it's like a safer version to help get off, but then they can't because it's very it's similar. A, it's like an opioid. But you can, it's it's marketed in a lot of different ways. Yeah. And interestingly, it's like my patient I just saw two days ago, and he talked about how he very specifically, there's different types of Kratom, and he specifically liked one particular type. Yeah, there's... I know this because we went through this with my patient too. There's three different types. So if you, if like she said, she'd go to Amazon and buy this in like bulk powder, kind of like you'd buy a protein powder and, and I'd say, okay, well, what, you know, like, what does it look like? Cause you just ask your patients like more information and well, there's green leaf kratom, there's blue leaf, then there's this other leaf. Um, and then, yeah, so the, the different packaging you can't actually see in our pictures in front of us, but they sell it as like red tie or they sell it by the color. Yeah. My patient leaf. was actually getting one from Vietnam oh, that uh, was a little bit different. So I thought I hadn't heard that before, but he said that was the one he preferred. So what is it really? It's the DEA named it, you know, you had to use all this classification schemes, Mitragyna speciosa. 
the Rube, Rubiacea family, but Mitragyna, that's important because you can get a urine drug screen on Kratom, unlike Tianeptine, which we talked about a few weeks ago. You can order a Mitragyna level. Takes a while to come back. Takes a while to come back, and actually it takes about a month for it to get out of someone's system. Yeah, the reason really that's important too, let's say in, like in Heather's case, her patient uh, was having a baby, and if you want to occasionally do a urine screen to make sure that they are not, you know, using different substances, you have to specifically add this on. It's not part of any drug screen. So, uh, and I think you did that a couple of times during well, the pregnancy. And for her, you know, again, this was it, she was very like I didn't know. Like she searched and found something that would help her back pain. Wanted something natural. Didn't want to be on opioids. Found this. Used it. And ended up, I mean, she was getting up every two hours, whether it was during the day, at night. She was getting up just because she'd start to have this withdrawal. And so she would take this powder. Well, of course, she's pregnant, so this gets documented that she's on some substance. Well, for her, I had to be aware of when to order the next level because it needed to be negative, you know, as far as child protection. And then right, like, she's okay. Um, But, yeah, it ended up being a a little bit bigger deal. Yeah, I think you kind of pointed out one of the things that I think I've seen in all my Kratom patients is they start out using it three or four times a day and it's very short acting. And of course there's not a million studies done on this. So it's not like we're searching the literature and finding all kinds of uh, great pharmacokinetics and all the stuff that we find with other, other substances, but they, they quickly escalate. And my patient and I just had this discussion two days ago and he got to the point where he was using it every hour. And he works a, a labor type job, and he would. Um, and I've had some patients that actually put it in their in their water, uh, so that they could just take a drink of water uh, from their water bottle at, at their workstation. Yeah, it's it. And again, as TNMTN and a lot of the other things, is it's it's hard to regulate. It's hard to know the dosing, and so you know you might get one batch sent in. And a lot of people do order it because to get it at, you know, like our local head shop in tablet form. I mean, she had a tablet or the capsule form, excuse me. For for her it was like a day's amount of pills and this was a big full bottle. Wasn't it 60 pills, it was I like think? 60 pills cost her like 35 seven, bucks. No, I, well, maybe that was 35 bucks. 35 bucks, but that was like maybe one day's worth of yeah. meds. But anyway, so uh, where is it indigenous? And you kind of mentioned the Thailand thing. Thailand, Malaysia, Myanmar, Papua New Guinea. Um, so more in that area of the world. And um, my sister actually did an entire year in Malaysia um, with some like Peace Corps type thing and brought this up. She was on, on our Echo and we did discuss Kratom that time. And she said it was just so interesting when we started talking about it because to her, having lived in, in Malaysia, she never used it, but she said it's not uncommon for people like in the markets to just sell it, but it, they're selling the leaves and the workers out in the hot, you know, on the equator type island countries, and they, they chew on the leaves throughout the day to get them through the day. and um, Kind of like our caffeine. Exactly. And I'm that tapering brings, off that, by well, the way. Well, that brings us to the next page, the history. It is a member of the coffee family, so it totally makes sense. Yeah, it does. And, you know, in these different countries, I mean, this was actually something that had been used in, like, religious practices. And, and again, as, as Heather was saying, you know, uh, workers used it for kind of this mild stimulation. Uh, and, again, they're chewing leaves, which are a much lower concentration than what is people are buying. Um, and, and, again, there's lots of different ways to buy it in the powder and such. But... 
Um, being a member of the coffee family, I mean, you'd think this would be something that wouldn't cause us so much trouble. Um, but there had been historical uh, cases where people would use this to taper off opioids, which clearly um, can be done. But I think my patients who, who tried to do that found themselves uh, kind of sucked down a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that easily. Yeah, I haven't. Have you met one yet that they just started with kratom? No, Mm-mm. I think I think I have one that was started with kratom and was her that one patient that I want to be. All three of mine had previous substance use disorder with heroin, and uh, and then had one of them had switched again, just thinking that was a way to manage his pain. Mm-hmm. The other ones kind of switched to get off heroin. So yeah. mine yeah. had actually had a history of alcohol use disorder. And again, yeah, that's the whole thing. One use disorder, but gets another ex- begets. I just, it sounds like such an old fashioned word. I just love it. Like we're talking Shakespeare, but anyway, I digress. So we've talked about a lot of the formulations already leaves powder pills again, um, liquid extract tinctures, um, and most people, you know, what we hear is they ingest it, either the pills or the powder, um, so they drink it. Otherwise, they chew the leaves like they do more in the indigenous areas in Asia. Um, some smoke it. Yeah. None of my patients have. Yeah. And I think that, that really when you look at what kind of problems can you have with kratom uh, long term, it's really the same as an opioid. Actually, one of one of my patients had horrible constipation on the kratom that he was taking, and and that just fits right in. Most of them lose weight, uh, and actually, uh, two of them that I can think of that I've taken care of gained quite a bit of weight switching to suboxone or buprenorphine. And uh, but it's lots of different things, you know, the, the tolerance of withdrawal, all the things that you would see typically with an opioid. Yeah, the interesting thing, the seizure and the QT prolongation is not necessarily something we see with opioids, which makes me think something like tianeptine, you know, this is a leaf. And again, a lot of medicines and a lot of things we use in medicine now came from plants or things like that, like penicillin, the mold. But we don't know, again, how kratom, we don't know the whole mechanism. And so there are going to be some things that don't necessarily perfectly fit. But when you start to talk withdrawal, it's pretty uh, Well, it's pretty ugly. And I think that uh, it's very similar and very intense. Um, the patients that I've seen uh, have really uh, been ill uh, coming off Kratom. Uh, try, usually they're trying to stop on their own and they they don't realize how important it would be to taper because it's so tough because as they go on taking this particular substance, they are taking it more and more frequently and it's really tough to, to try and taper. Um, but well, yeah, it can last days. Right. And again, like you, you had said, and like we've seen in our patients is they... <laughs> They, they don't want to taper. They try to taper, but they don't realize, you know, you think I'm on heroin, it's going to be icky to come off. You don't think I'm on Kratom, it's going to be icky to come off because it's something they bought casually to help an ache or pain. Um, the thing that I found is that it's a little bit harder to predict. You know, it, you have to kind of go into like an induction or go into subox- go into starting Suboxone in a patient with Kratom, like I do typically with heroin or pills, like, you tell me when you're going to be sick, that's when you need to come to clinic. And so Kratom, I've had one patient, it took six, 12 hours before withdrawal. And then another one, it was like, I'll be there in an hour. Yeah. Um, so I think it varies. That's the way my last patient was. He literally within hours, a couple hours was pretty sick. And I think that, and again, you know, there are no treatment guidelines. I think our my experience uh, with this drug between the two of us really has been that they tend to take fairly high doses of buprenorphine. Uh, my last guy, uh, boy, I 
he struggled on uh, 16 milligrams of buprenorphine for a few days, and we finally had to slowly bring him up uh, mm-hmm. to finally get it to go away. He just felt so sick. Uh, and I typically bring the dosing down fairly quickly after that, but to a more normal dose. But he was really ill. Yeah, I think all of mine, they, you, initially your gut instinct is, oh, this isn't going to take as much because it's an herbal or it's something, you know, not as obvious. But it, we actually tried to calculate the MMEs and the yeah. morphine equivalents because we had the bottle of pills. My patient had told us how many she was taking. We did all that we could to calculate the conversion. And what we figured out she was taking in, you know, the 60 capsules or however many she was taking in a day, it was like 500 and something morphine equivalents. It yeah. was astronomical. I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. So and so yeah. I think that, you know, again, just like when we had the teneptine talk, it's, it's really about asking other medications that people are taking and understanding that uh, the treatment of this is is not uh, well documented exactly what we should be doing. And um, I think that, you know, our personal experience has just been these are people that get pretty sick. Yeah. Have you had many patients so far in, you know, our four years of doing this that have been on it from Kratom, have been on Suboxone longer term than just like six months or so? Have you had uh, any longer than that? I had one that tapered off the Suboxone. And that was decided, on Kratom. That was on Kratom. Had previously had been a heroin uh, patient, and he uh, he tapered off and and uh, didn't come back. He decided mm-hmm. he didn't want to be on Suboxone. The other two are continuing. One of them now for oh gosh, a couple of years. Yeah. So my my two, we've you know we've we tapered the one down to like the more normal dose. The other one's still a little bit higher dose, but they it's it's interesting because you wonder and hasn't obviously been studied as well as opioids, but you wonder. Are the brain changes as significant as is the whole dopamine, the mu receptor? Is all, all as significant as opioids that it, it could be a five-year thing or relapse is high? Or what does it look like long-term? And I think you just don't know. But the, those two of mine are uh, are still on. And every time we try to lower too quickly or do much, they still have the same cravings and triggers and using dreams just like the heroin patients. And even these are two of my patients that never used heroin. Yeah. So yeah, if anybody out there has uh, has the, has a patient with this particular issue and you have questions, obviously reach out to your local addiction doctor, which north of the Twin Cities is, well, oh, well that's us. us. <laughs> but but yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody who has some experience with this. It's, uh, it is a little bit trickier deal, and uh, certainly we found it to be pretty challenging, uh, especially with inductions. So. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we have much more on Kratom. It's kind of a short topic because it's something that is, uh, again, not well, not well worked out. So, Yeah, if you, again, if you want to reach out, never hesitate to contact us. Uh, the email address that would be best would be mnopioidecho at catholichealth.net. Otherwise, again, you can reach out on Twitter too at echocsct. Yeah, always happy to help if uh, people have questions and, and uh, have a patient they are managing. So. So I guess we'll leave it up to Battle Legs and let them uh, play a little song for you. And I don't know, Heather, anything you want to say before we go? You can have the last word today. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will hopefully talk with you again next week.
go power. 